past three years, each night, there were 6,000 youth homeless in Minnesota ages 10 to 24. COVID has drastically increased that number and decreased the number of shelter options. Many homeless youth fill emergency rooms with frostbite or worse. This is Glory, and I'm proud to partner with Cheryl and Jim again for the Homeless Youth Winter Wear Drive. This year, the Cheryl Reeve Show will be virtual with special guests Janice Shortle and other surprises. You can join us. One ticket will also include a Cheryl Reeve Show t-shirt and help us keep Twin Cities homeless youth warm. Get your ticket or make a donation at givemn.org WWD. Special thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota and U.S. Bank. We have some WNBA news. We have some scheduling information for you. We're also going to tell you about our annual winter wear drive, actually Glory Ramsey's annual winter wear drive, and the special show we'll be doing next Tuesday. This is the Cheryl Reeves Show, part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, who holds all this together. Uh, best way to listen to the show is subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Check out TalkNorth.com for all of our outdoor and hockey and other content and our our other basketball show, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves in the NBA. Follow us on Talk North Pod at Twitter to see the release of all the shows. And if you'd like to advertise with us, you can reach Karen Pleary, K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. You can join Glory Ramsey of Successful Marketing Group and Cara Quinn, your Vibe MN Realtor, as sponsors of this program or across our growing uh platform. We'll keep adding shows and, and listeners, and we appreciate everyone who does listen. All right, Cheryl, so it sounds like, uh, is it official yet, or is it just speculation that Friday we might have the WNBA draft lottery? Well, that's the plan. You know, okay. I think that that's the hard part right now is, uh, you know, obviously, you know, life is a, a fluid situation, but I, I would think that it's, uh, it's probably set to go uh, at this point. Cool. Well, that would be fun. Uh, it'd be nice to have some, some, some actual live news out of your league right now. And, you know, the WNBA, the NBA, even the NHL, so many, so many leagues, so many teams handled the pandemic really well this summer, uh, went into bubbles, sacrificed time with you know family members to get it done. Is, and everybody kind of pitched in. What's your feeling of what the upcoming WNBA season might feel like? Uh, first of all, do we have certainty on when it's going to start? And is there confidence that you all can find a way to get through a season, even if you're not in a bubble? Yeah, that's pretty loaded. Uh, yeah, I you know. know unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, well, I'll, I'll say this: there is nothing for certain at this point. You know, unfortunately, as we went into the off season, we went right back to the mode of scenario planning, and you know, there's four or five different different scenarios that they have to work through based on what's happening. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit discouraging that we are where we are, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, the number of cases of, of COVID and, and, and obviously we, we just never got it under control. Um, you know, I think people, you know, feel like, uh, you know, with vaccine just around the corner, you know, there's hope for all of us, uh, not just sports leagues, uh, to, you know, to kind of get back to, you know, whatever we, we saw as normal, uh, before. So, um, so, I, you know, we're, we're kind of just, you know, monitoring things. I would say Kathy Engelbert, this is her life, <laughs> kind of monitoring uh, the pandemic and the, and the medical side of things. But absolutely, I'm really confident uh, in whatever scenario it would be. I, I think we showed uh, this past summer you know, how it's done, you know, both the NBA, the WNBA, 
uh, were exceptional and the players, you know, we, we, you know, that's, you don't pull it off without the players support mm -hmm. and how they handle things. So um, obviously so much credit goes to them. Uh, but I've said this repeatedly that, you know, Kathy clearly spent a lot of her time uh, with the medical experts and she compromised nothing when it came to that. Um, it, you know, it was very serious. And like I said, we were, we were all very committed because we all wanted to be safe and we all wanted to play basketball. Um, and, and so, you know, if you look around, you know, there's not a lot of sports that are pulling it off, um, you know, the way that, that we were able to. And you look overseas, uh, Kent Youngblood did a story about this, you know, just in terms of, you know, the impact of COVID on our players abroad. Um, there's, you know, cancellations of games. And, you know, right now, you know, unless you're in a bubble, it's going to be difficult for you to pull this off, you know, without, um, you know, putting other people at risk. And, um, you know, I, I'm hopeful that, you know, by the time we, we get to 2021, you know, not, I'm not hopeful. I'm, I'm sure, you know, there, there's some light at the end of the tunnel. And uh, what our season looks like, I don't know. But uh, the further we get from, uh, you know, the pandemic, obviously, it'll be easier. You know, we've got to get fans back. I know our fans are uh, chomping at the bit, um, you know, to get back out there and, and be the great fans that they are. And hopefully we'll be able to get that in 2021. Yeah, I'm hopeful. And, 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 you know, you listen to Fauci, you listen to all the, the true experts, and they're both fearful of what the next couple of months is going to bring and hopeful that the vaccine could actually be on the market fairly soon and actually make a difference fairly soon. So mixed bag, but uh, I'm certainly hoping that it's your season, you know, can, can be I'm hoping by the time you're ready to play, America is ready to have you safely play. You know, I'm, I'm just, exactly. I think we can get there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm still crossing my fingers. Hope that's enough. Uh, you know, well, I'm hoping Fauci is wrong. I haven't said that very, very much. Right. I'm hoping he's wrong. Yeah, uh, but absolutely. There's not any reason to believe that he is. Exactly. Uh, you're so while you're in a little bit of limbo, and it's gonna be cool to be able to talk to you about draft possibilities. Your last couple of drafts have been fascinating. Your, your drafts since you became general manager have been fascinating. The value you've been, you've been able to get out of them and the way they've affected your team. Also, have Lindsey Whalen starting up. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. Lindsey Whalen's team, the University of Minnesota, starts on Wednesday. Uh, have you talked to her lately? Any sense of what kind of a squad she might have? I know for her first game, she might only have seven healthy, eligible players, but let's hope that gets better as the year goes on. Yeah, I think that's the, her biggest challenge right now, you know, is just navigating that. But Lindsay, Lindsay's really excited about her team. and uh, We've been in touch. We, we, um, we, we, did a, we did a call together you know, the other day, uh, so we actually get to see each other. Um, but, but, yeah, we, we've talked about her team and, and how, you know, some of the returning players look. Um, you know, and just obviously the, you know, the new player, she, she's very excited. And, um, you know, I think the hard part is just consistency on the court. Uh, I think they were trying to have a scrimmage this past weekend, um, just to inner squad and, 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 uh, yeah, I mean, it's the hardest thing when you're excited about your team and you think you're, you're pretty darn good and, and you can't, you can't be on the court together to, to see it all, uh, come to fruition. Absolutely. I want to talk about uh, Sarah Fuller, about the White House communication staff, a little more about your team. Well, I do really want to promote this, though. This is really important. Uh, Gloria Ramsey, who's been a longtime sponsor of this program, uh, she runs SuccessfulMarketingGroup.com. So, of course, if you need marketing help, especially if you're a smaller or medium-sized business, she's ideal. Uh, you know, be dealing with layers of bureaucracy. You'll, you'll be dealing with somebody who gives you hands-on help, knows how to help find customers for you. But this time of the year, she runs the Homeless Youth Winter Wear Drive Fundraiser. And uh, Cheryl and I have, you know, did a show, the two of us with a bunch of, uh, you know, 
gracious guests from the Lynx organization a couple of years ago. Last year, I think it was Jana Shortle and uh, Cheryl who did the show. This year, you you get all of us. Uh, I will try to MC best I can. Jan is going to sh- uh, join the show as soon as she can. We're planning for 7 o'clock December 8th. That's next Tuesday, 7 o'clock December 8th. Then this is going to be our first Attempted a live show during the pandemic, I believe. We're hoping everything will run as well as possible. Uh, you can, you know, whether or not, how much of the show you listen to, whatever else, you can go right now if you want to, to givemn.org slash WWD. Givemn.org WWD. You can donate there. Uh, we will give you more information about ways you can help out during the show next Tuesday. Uh, we'll do about an hour show. And we're, uh, Cheryl's lining up some guests, I understand. And after the hour show, we'll do an attendee-only Q&A uh, for 20 minutes or so. so uh, we'll keep promoting this on Twitter and, we'll, and across our Talk North platform. We've already had some great luck, uh, and this is all due to Glory. She got U.S. Banks to step up as a presenting sponsor with a very large donation. I believe Cheryl designed some cool T-shirts. Uh that, you know, that say the Cheryl Reeve show on them. Uh, so we're going to be doing all kinds of cool stuff. Am I missing anything that you know about Cheryl? I want to make sure I get everything out there. Well, I think you did a great job, although I'm not in the t-shirt design. Uh, somebody business. gave you credit for that <laughs> on our Twitter <laughs> feed or our email string. Somebody was giving you credit for that. Uh, I had some input. Okay. <laughs> you know, Good whether, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, but no, this is, this is just so exciting. And I, I just can't say enough. I mean, as, as you've talked about, uh, Glory Ramsey at Successful Marketing has long been a, a great partner of the show, um, but this this is really meaningful uh, work, and the amount of time that Glory puts into this um, is really incredible. And, and I'm just happy that you know that that she's chosen us to you know help to amplify the the great cause. As you can imagine, you know during a pandemic, uh, the impact on homeless youth. Uh, there's even a greater need here in Minnesota. Uh, and so I'd really, really like to see us all, you know, anybody that, that can uh, participate, participate in this. You know, Glory's, like I said, worked hard, put a package together. We're going to put a great show on. Uh, we'll, we'll get some great guests and, and just, you know, be able to hang out together a little bit. A lot of people we haven't seen in a while, we'll be able to get to see virtually and, and then obviously contribute to a tremendous cause. Yeah. And thanks to Brandon for putting all this together. Uh, and again, yeah, you said it all. Thanks to Glory. It's a great cause. Let's uh, raise some money. Let's find a way to do, you know, give whatever donations you're capable of giving. It is a great cause and we'll continue to update you. But just plan on, uh, you know, next Tuesday night, December 8th, 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock or so, Jana, Cheryl, some special guests. uh, And I promise to stay out of the way as much as possible and just let all these smart people talk to you. Uh, So thanks again to Glory. All right. So you uh, you were a guest professor in a recent day here, weren't you? You want to tell us about that? Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of a, a new way, I think, to, you know, to be able to connect with, um, you know, people that aren't necessarily local. And um, David Berry is a, actually, uh, we sort of connected around his story writing uh, about the WNBA. Uh, he's a sports economics professor uh, out in uh, Southern Utah. And, uh, he, uh, you know, he, as I told him and I told the class, uh, he was, I thought, really responsible for uh, really educating uh, players about their economic power uh, and about what he saw uh, sort of going on with the WNBA. And, and uh, he challenged, um, you know, the NBA uh, around some of the, 
the narrative um, that 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 they would continually try try to promote, which was the number one thing was the NBA. Anytime they would comment about the WNBA, they made sure they said uh, that the league uh, lost mil, uh, you know twelve million dollars. Uh, that was a narrative, and 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 so he really um, just wildly um, uh, supportive of of sports leagues in general, but. Uh, the idea of how women's sports leagues are treated and how much better we need to do uh, with regard to the economics of it. And, and ha you know, in the beginning, um, you know, he's really good historically, really, really good. And, uh, you know, he, uh, he talked a lot about, you know, how men's sports leagues, uh, he looked up a quote. Um, there was a quote in the beginning of the NBA uh, where the owners were not concerned with profits. They were only concerned with winning and losing. Uh, they were not concerned you know, with the, the money portion of it. Uh, and just, boy, that would be great if that was the NBA's mentality today with regard to uh, either the G League, the WNBA, uh, the eSports. Uh, yeah, it's an investment mindset. And, and so, you know, just the discrepancy. So he's very good about, you know, amplifying those messages. And, uh, and then the other thing is he's, um, he's a champion of some analytics. Uh, he, he's got a book. Uh, he, he writes about wins produced. And that's actually how we connected. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I love, you know, kind of picking the brains of people that, you know, spend so much time on this, so much research on it. Uh, there's, you know, there's not one magical analytic model, uh, but he is somebody that um, will, will dump a lot of data in, and, and research into uh, college basketball. Uh, and so I've leaned on him there. As you know, we have our, our in-house resident, Paul Swanson, uh, his analytic models, and I like to put them all in a pot. Uh, so I, I love information, and, and David is tremendous at, at uh, supplying information. And then he said, hey, what do you, what do you think about coming to, to visit, coming, meaning jump on virtually? And I said, absolutely, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, talk with, well, talk with his class. So uh, they, you know, they had to sit through 50 minutes of, of David and I uh, <laughs> talking about uh, – the WNBA and the economics of it, the growth of it, and, and just the differences uh, of WNBA, college, NBA, uh, that sort of thing. So hopefully they they, they were they enjoyed the, the 50 minutes that we spent together. Well, not only is David right about everything, but it's also just really fascinating. It's fascinating to look at the growth of sports leagues, how you get to where you and And, you know, look at, look at the Timberwolves. I mean, they become an expansion franchise. Uh, Glenn Taylor eventually kind of saves them for Minnesota. Uh, and I can't remember what his purchase price was. Was it $80 million, something like that, you know, 90 million. And, you know, I'm sure that I'm sure he's had years where he has technically lost money on operating revenues. Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure of that as well. <laughs> yeah. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, here's a myth. I, I'm going to let you keep going, but here's a myth on that. Uh, profitability is is not something that's very common in men's sports right it's valuation right. of right? right so we know that the company is valuation um but i you know all the franchises nba franchises i was affiliated with they would lose you know 20 25 million a year uh and so that's what people don't realize i spent some time with rick spielman uh uh over at, you know when we were walking through the vikings new facility and you know uh, revenues are high right but the expenses are even higher and so profitability isn't something that's that's achieved very often, including in college sports. And there's only a handful, mm -hmm. you know, the, the big Ohio states. And I don't even know which, which uh, you know, colleges, universities they are. But that's one of the biggest myths is that men's sports is profitable. It's not. It's, it's obviously the valuation 
which is which matters. Um, but we actually are profitable WNBA franchise. Uh, we haven't been, um, let's say, over the last let's say five years. Um, you know, we're we always said in the WNBA, um, you know, you make a penny, you're thrilled, right? So that you're not making. You know, we we were you know the early years we were trying to get our our losses down, uh, you know, down to a million. But it's just so fascinating that if we lose a buck, you know, it's ah, the women's sports loses money. You know, let's let's be real here. 20, 25 million a year uh, on a lot of these men's sports. Okay, go, Jim. Hopefully, you get no, to, you're get absolutely right. And, I'm, and I will continue with that theme here in a second. Then we're going to talk about Sarah Fuller and a couple other things. This is actually probably going to end up being a long show because there's so many things I want to get to. Um, and everybody will relieved to hear Jana and Cheryl talking next week. Uh, I want to thank Cara Quinn, C-A-R-A-Q-U-I-N-N. She's been with us a long time as well. She is now working at VibeMN.com, Vibe Realty based out of St. Paul. Of course, Cara is a uh, longtime Minneapolis resident. She lives in the Tangletown neighborhood. Uh, better When the weather is better, she loves driving around in her Fiat with her Great Dane in the back. She is a true uh, member of this community and a strong member of the community. And she's the kind of person you want to work with if you want to if you need to sell or buy a house. You want somebody who knows the area, who's an appreciation for architecture, appreciation for all the great neighborhoods around the Twin Cities, and can can do well by you. And somebody you can trust. And we trust her implicitly. Uh, you know, she loves working closely with buyers and sellers to help them realize their goals. Her clients know they have an advocate in their corner, paying attention to every detail from the first phone call to closing. Car prides herself in ensuring each client has a positive and successful real estate transaction. And again, uh, she's just a great person. She's somebody you want to work with. She's someone I hope to work with uh, when it's time for us to move. Check her out. Uh, go to vibemn.com to see Cara or Cara or just Google Cara Quinn. You'll see all kinds of different places to check out her work. Uh, and that's the thing you're talking about sports. You know, team. So many teams claim i mean I, I for the twins for so many years they tell me oh oh we lost so much money last year but you know carl pohl had bought the team for like 50 million and he's now and the the, the twins are probably worth two billion dollars now and they have a publicly a partially publicly funded stadium and and you know it's been a great thing for the Polad name and you know glenn taylor bought i don't know again i can't remember the exact purchase price but it was well short of 100 million he's gonna sell for 1.4 billion dollars i mean and you know so it's not just about yearly operating balance sheets. It just, it isn't in men. So I don't know why it would be in women's. Exactly. All right, let's move on to Sarah Fuller. what do you think of uh, Sarah Fuller becoming first power five conference female football player? Uh, uh, pretty exciting, right? Uh, I think we kind of, you know, I, I feel like we saw that, you know, kind of um, gaining some momentum. I, I don't know that I haven't followed that real closely, but I feel like, uh, who was the soccer player, uh, the the women's soccer player that that um, was it? Was it uh, was she going to kick for the Eagles? Maybe, uh, but that that seemed to be kind of brewing that possibility. Um, I'm sorry, my my dog's in the background. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, the um, you know just really exciting, uh, making history. It just it just feels like yep, there's another one. Yep, you know, meaning you know another opportunity for for women. Um, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about women playing men's sports or men playing women's sports. And, you know, I don't, I don't know about all that. That's kind of a whole nother, uh, you know, uh, I guess maybe element to this. Uh, but, you know, opportunity, opportunity is, is, is tremendous. And obviously, 
um, you know, whether it's right or wrong, it's where, you know, we're always kind of compared uh, to the men. And, you know, it's like, well, can you do this with men? Can you play with men? If you can, then we can validate you as an athlete. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, so, yeah, just history making and, and was really fun to pay attention to. Well, I thought the most interesting aspect of the whole story, uh, but she didn't get to do much in the game. I think she had one kickoff. Uh, I think the most interesting aspect of the whole story was the fact that it's a it's a bad program. They just fired their coach. And Sarah Fuller walks in there as a you know the first power five women's football player. And she said she had to rally the troops. She said they're all like sitting around and she started basically, you know, trying to pump up a team saying, you know, this is not the way we do it in sports. You know, we actually cheer each other on. We, we, we were competitive as she had to give the pep talk for this team right before they fired their coach. I thought that was fascinating. I mean, think about the guts, you know, she wasn't yep. looking at this as some symbolic uh, thing where she's just grateful to be in the room. She was saying, Hey, we, we can do better than this. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not surprised at that at all, you know, um, for someone to, um, you know, w women are, women are great leaders. Uh, and I think we have an understanding of, you know, collaboration and, and, you know, the, the teamwork aspect of it. Um, but you have to have, you have to be, uh, you know, you gotta have a certain, um, uh, certain inside you, you know, competitive drive, you know, for, for someone like Sarah, I would love to be around Sarah, uh, to be taking on kind of the, the, the football world, you know, it got to be something special in her. Um, and so I am not surprised to, to hear that, uh, you know, that, that she was able to lead in that way. And uh, most women, when, when, you know, when you get these opportunities, you know, we talked about Kamang, that um, you're not thinking about, you know, the historic nature of it. She's a football player. You know, she's a kicker type of thing. You know, like it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, more about what they want to do. They don't want the attention for being the first this or that. Uh, they just want to be great at their craft. Uh, so I, I, I would not be surprised at all that, you know, that's that's what her focus was. The other interesting development this week, Cheryl, I thought was that uh, Joe Biden named his White House communication staff and it was all women. And uh, and I, I once again, I'm just generally encouraged by the way, at least some of our society is moving. Women and, and, and uh, you know, diversified group of women, yeah. you know, women of color and um, this is what we should look like. This is what we're saying. It's, you know, when, when you diversify your leadership team, uh, and that's, you know, obviously that's, these are the highest offices in the land. Um, so I, this is even for corporations, you know, look around and look at your leadership team. Are you diversified? Because diversity of thought uh, is one of the most powerful things you can have. You know, that, that's a great weapon, so to speak, uh, that uh, you, you, you can be wildly successful. Uh, and that's been proven, you know, companies that have done that. And so uh, I, I'm just thrilled that Joe Biden, you know, is is for real in terms of what uh, I think how he's evolved through the years and what he's seeing and what what our country needs. Um, and and uh, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 thrilled and, you know, let's keep it going. And and, uh, you know, and I think he'll be wildly successful because of it. And, and I'll also say that the Star Tribune, you know, I listen, I've worked with so many good people there. Uh, you know, I, I'm, it's a place I am proud to work and have worked. And I think we've had, you know, 
listen, no newspaper is perfect. We have, we, we have our swings and misses. We screw up stuff. Uh, sometimes we're behind the curve. It's just like most bureaucracies. We're not, we will never claim to be perfect, but we did name Kendall Harkness, longtime photo editor, uh, our first editor for diversity and community. We had a zoom meeting last week about it with all of our leaders. And, and basically it's our leadership saying, yeah, we're, we're probably, we're not as, we're not as diverse. We're not as we've, given lip service to diversity, we probably haven't done as well as we should have internally with all of that. And we're trying to make a difference now. And uh, well, that that's the most important thing, exactly what you just said. That's happening everywhere, where obviously the wave we talked about, uh, you know, not only in our country, but across the world and the protests. Now, this is the result of that, where we're standing up and people are kind of going, okay, I want to be better. I, what, what am I doing? What am I doing as a leader in my own company? Uh, and we are hearing so much about that. So, you know, great credit goes to the Star Tribune for looking around and understanding that, um, you know, and, 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 and for, you know, people that are, that are stepping up and kind of going, we've got to do better. We're not doing enough. Uh, kudos to them, but let's make sure that it's followed through. There's, there's follow through. It's not just an idea that you're kind of interested in it right now. Uh, because that's what's happening. Uh, let's make sure that we're committed to it. And there's the follow through. And we see real change. Uh, and I've said, sometimes when you go through dark moments, uh, really, really difficult moments, uh, it leads to, when you get to the other side, beautiful things like this, uh, that we're seeing real change where, where change needs to happen. Uh, and it is about opportunity. Uh, and, you know, there are so many qualified people, you know, just despite what the Wells Fargo CEO said that uh, he had a difficult time finding uh, talent <laughs> in, in, uh, in the in people of color, which you know, it's just like that's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but the world is changing, and hopefully, the Wells Fargo CEO is is changing as well. Yeah, and K Kendall's you know highly respected within our our uh, our newspaper. She does a great job, and she's taking this on as a serious. This isn't. She's not taking this as you know some kind of PR stunt. She's she's moving forward with this. She has real power to do that. And we also hired Myron Metcalf, longtime um, Minneapolis basketball writer, former Star Tribune employee, current ESPN employee. We've hired him to do some um, to do weekly Metro columns, and that's another good move in the right direction. Again, it's not. It's not the end of the road. It's not perfection, but you know, I, I do feel like so many organizations, whether it's the the new administration all the way down to your local newspaper, are trying at this point and and sincere making sin, sincere efforts at this. Well, like I said, this this is how we're going to get there, uh, making the world a better place. And and I'm I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm hearing so much of this. You know, people uh, wanting to make you know, real change. And uh, like I said, we've got to make sure there's a commitment to it and not just a you know, kind of a token effort because maybe that's what's uh, that's what's in style right now. Um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, a year from now when we work on our uh, whatever number show uh, that we're talking about, how how much it's evolved and how great it's been for the company. So uh, tune in next Tuesday. Uh, we would love to have you. It's a great cause. Let's uh, let's take care of some people. Thanks to Cheryl, as always. Thanks to Brandon, as always. And we will be back to next week to talk to you about, let me always get make sure I get the title right, the 2020 Homeless Youth Winter Wear Drive Fundraiser. For the past three years, each night, there was 6,000 youth homeless in Minnesota, ages 10 to 24. COVID has drastically increased that number and decreased the number of shelter options. Many homeless youth fill emergency rooms with frostbite or worse. This is Glory, and I'm proud to partner with Cheryl and Jim again for the Homeless Youth Winter Wear Drive. This year, the Cheryl Reeves Show will be virtual with special guests Janice Shortle and other surprises. You can join us. 
One ticket will also include a Cheryl Reeve Show t-shirt and help us keep Twin Cities homeless youth warm. Get your ticket or make a donation at givemn.org WWD. Special thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota and U.S. Bank.